Hey all, this is Lena to intro our podcast episode surrounding a trip known as Cappy. Cappy, short for Captain, was created by four young women, Annie Means, Aaron Bodoin, Emery Hansel, and Uhane Johnson. Friends from college, these four women have come together to create the journey of iconic Canadian feminist boating figure, Muriel Wiley Blanchett. Starting June, Annie, Aaron, Emery, and Uhane will make their way up the inside passage of Canada, filming the whole thing as they go. Make sure to stay updated with their journey by following their Instagram, Cappy Movie. Hi everyone, who just joined? Hi. Hi. Welcome everybody today. Um, I'm so happy to have you all here for With a Girl and for us to all be working together and talking about your awesome, awesome future endeavors, um, which I'm so excited to be a part of now. Um, yeah, I, if you guys want, we can just kind of hop right into it about introducing everybody um, and just learning more about who you guys are. Um, and then we can kind of meander into the deeper questions. Yeah, but let's start with um, what are your guys' names? How old are you? Where are you from? Um, and then how you all met would be a great story to also have. Um, but yeah, whoever wants to start and we can just go from there. Yeah, I can, I can go first. Um, so my name is Annie Means. I was born and raised in Seattle, Washington, and uh, I'm 21 years old. Awesome. Yeah, um, I'm Erin. Uh, I'm from Ashland, Oregon, which is actually where I am now from the weekend and I am 23. Yeah my name's Emery. Um, I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa and Columbus, Ohio and I am also 23. Uh, I'm Juane Johnson. I grew up on Lopez Island, Washington in the San Juans and I am 22. Yeah we all met kind of unintentionally so um, <laughs> Annie, Aaron, and I all went to the same school, and uh, Annie and I got to know each other just through a mutual friend, through running into each other over campus. Um, Aaron and I had met freshman year and like always wanted to be friends, and so junior year we decided to live together when we were allowed to move off campus, um, and got to know Hane through that because my freshman year roommate was supposed to live with us and it didn't work out. She had, she ended up being an RA. And so connected us with Uhane, who she'd known from, I think, a trip in high school yeah. um, as a potential person to live with. And scrolled down her Instagram, saw her savoring off a champagne bottle and decided that that was probably going to be a good fit and reached out to her and she came and lived with us. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> the champagne bottle really, really sold it for you. I love that. <laughs> who knew? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an cool. iconic video. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one with the sunset. It. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, so on top of getting to know you guys a bit more, um, love to get to know a bit more about your trip, which is kind of what we're here to discuss a bit more. Um, so if you guys could just t tell me about the name of your trip um, and how you decided on the name and then kind of just where yeah where where you came from with the name the trip the ideas and and kind of what it's the basics of of what you guys are going to be doing yeah 
Yeah, um, I'm happy to jump in on this one because I am really, really jazzed about it. Uh, but basically the, the working name for our mysterious trip, which I will explain later, is Cappy, which is short for Captain. Um, and I have the book here, but basically the plan is um, that us four are going to recreate the journey of this super iconic kind of Canadian feminist boating figure who is named Mira Wiley Blanchett. Um, and we're going to recreate her journey up the inside passage of Canada, which is between the British Columbian coast and Vancouver Island. But what was really remarkable about um, Cappy Blanchett or Muriel Wiley Blanchett is that she, in 1922, kicked off these voyages. So 100 years from when we're launching. Um, but she would take these incredible summer trips with five children as a widow and single mother on a 25-foot boat. So it's pretty remarkable considering how um, isolated the waters of this area were for the time. And no one really knows about her outside of really niche boating communities. So we kind of want to pay homage and pay justice to her as an icon, as a figure, as a woman, um, and recreate her journey. So if anyone else wants to add anything, that's my conception of what we're doing. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then just going more into who Muriel Blanchett was as a person, um, is there more that you can tell me about her, um, both as a captain or as a woman, and then also kind of going into like the curve of time and the impending documentary um, would be great. Just, yeah, learning more about this also woman who, who I'm sure has inspired all of us, um, me included, now that I'm, I'm learning more about about what you guys are, are doing, but yeah, just more details. Yeah, so she, um, she actually grew up in, a, in Montreal to a very wealthy family and kind of left it all to move to British Columbia um, with her husband. And her husband passed away kind of tragically under suspicious circumstances. And so she was left with five mouths to feed um, and she didn't want to go back to Montreal. And so she decided that travel writing was going to be one of the ways that she could support her children. Um, and so this book, The Curve of Time, is basically like accumulation of all of these travel writings that she did over a course of 10 years. Um, and it's really whimsical. She paints beautiful stories and silhouettes of what it means to be a mother in this environment about what British Columbia looks like at the time, the logging extraction that's happening, the first bands who live there. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really just something that has touched me. I first read it when I was 14 and I knew like, shit I really want to recreate this journey and, and we'll go through with it and I think it's touched a lot of people in the boating community um, and inspired them to do things that they didn't really think they could before. Yeah I think that's definitely part of what's so inspiring about her is just the level of determination that you need in order not just to go on these trips that you don't really know like where you're going to be or it's it's sort of an unprecedented trip uh, but also then to do that with her five kids and to figure out a way to sleep all of them on a 25 foot boat. Like we're already having a little bit of difficulty figuring out where the four of us are going to sleep on a 28 foot boat. To be fair, we are larger than children, but <laughs> it's just amazing that despite that and despite the fact that it wasn't really even in the cards for her to do at the time, she just stuck with it and knew what she wanted um, and made it happen. Yeah, I love the uh, 
there's just a lot of like perseverance with her with her character it seems as a woman and and as a mother um <clears throat> that's extremely inspiring i think it's also so interesting like in the curve of time hearing um what british columbia looked like and like comparing and contrasting to now is is that'll probably be so interesting when you guys are on your journey um you like seeing what's changed and also maybe seeing like what's the same is probably it's like such a cool concept to think about yeah that's just, just amazing yeah. um but on on top of you know just like the inspiring story of Meryl Blanchett being a motivating force for you guys um what else does this trip mean to you guys whether that's just like experience or womanhood or you know just sharing this moment with each other um I'd love to learn yeah what uh, what else is motivating you guys or inspiring you guys for this journey yeah so me personally when Annie first brought this up to me um and I think it's relevant to my job now also is that um I I'm very passionate about like um, women role models and male dominated fields and like women throughout history who maybe weren't brought into the light as much as they could um, and inspired people. And so, I mean, obviously Cappy Blanchett has inspired us all to do this crazy adventure. And I hope that through sort of our documentary project and our writing and photos that we kind of document the th trip through that we could uh, inspire more people to Kind of do their own adventures um and especially women in male dominated fields so yeah i work in the space industry so it's sort of a similar situation oh yeah and yeah um i like for me at least um growing up in the san juans it's kind of a way to connect with like both my ancestors and just my family deciding to live there now and back in the 1800s when they all decided because it's so closely connected to the San Juans um, that yeah it's when Annie brought it up I was like wow this is going to be a really cool trip that I'm going to be able to like see past where I grew up and not just be in the little close community of the San Juans and connect with like an empowering woman that just decided to do something and said I don't care what anyone else thinks I'm going to do it um, and in a lot of ways, I feel like we've kind of faced that a little bit with at least parents and stuff like, what are you guys really doing this? So yeah, for me, I'm like, well, yeah, we're, yeah, we're doing this. Like we're going to do it. We're going to see it. And yeah, that's, awesome. that's, that's how I'm feeling about it. <laughs> what was it like telling, telling your parents and, and your family about about this journey because it's definitely unique so I'm, I'm curious you know what their reactions were um to hearing about this adventure you guys are going on <clears throat> for yeah, me at that, least it was oh no, no, you no go. Go. <laughs> um it was kind of funny because I've I've been all over the place since I graduated a year ago so I lived in California for a while and then have started freelancing at this point. And so I've been in Washington, I've been in Nevada, I've been in, um, yeah, just all over the place for the past couple months. And I think my parents are peripherally aware that I'm moving around in the world, but not ever really sure where I am. And so this, they asked me if I wanted to come hang out with them this summer. And I was like, oh, I'm doing this boat trip. And didn't realize it but apparently last week was the first time that they've ever heard of it 
So thank you. Actually, oh, have fun. Uh, good luck. Maybe come see us after. <laughs> That's really cute. I think a lot of people's, well, my parents especially, like initial reaction was like, "That's so cool." And then there was like sort of a follow-up of like, so who's certified and what? And like, can, are, you, do, are you, can you do this? Can, are you following someone up there? Or like, are you gonna, yeah, have someone experienced with you? But um, answer is no, we're not gonna have anyone with us, but yes, we will get the right certifications and <laughs> make, it, make it happen in a smart way. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I think for me, um, I think my parents always knew that this was something I was going to do. Uh, shame on them for giving me the book in the first place. Uh, I won't <laughs> take responsibility for it, but very much uh, in a huge process of training for, for me specifically, because I'll be the skipper. Um, and I think, I think everyone on the crew can attest that we've experienced kind of some like, really, like that's pretty dangerous, which is not any different than what Mural Riley Blanchett experienced in 100 years ago. Um, so there's definitely been some doubt, but we're taking the right precautions and we are pretty serious about doing everything safely and efficiently. Um, yeah, mostly it's just kind of been a big excitement for my family and friends, though. Yeah, that's that's really great. And what what is like, um, sorry, I'm just getting more, the more I'm I'm kind of going off the, the question trail, but I just, the more I hear, the more questions I have for you guys. But um, on top of like training, what has that been like? Um, having to gain these new skills or maybe previous skills that you've had, um, what has training looked like for you guys trying to prepare for this trip? Well, three of us have our wilderness first responders right, yeah. or have at least gone through the training at one point. Mm -hmm. um, I think that will be super helpful for the trip just in case anything does go wrong. And then we're also all getting our Washington voter license. Uh, and Annie's done some more training on top of that. Yeah, so yeah, what Emery made a really good, good point. When you get super far north in British Columbia, um, there's just not a lot of access to resources, whether it be like hospitals or, or even even like fueling stations. So being self-sufficient with some terms of the medical field, like Knowles Woofer certifications, um, but also just in like planning and research. So we've been doing a lot of looking at charts, a lot of understanding how to um, read depth soundings and knowing where fuel stations are. Um, a year ago when I first really started getting into this project, I plotted every single point on a map of where um, Cappy Blanchett had gone. So, and there are a lot. Um, so we could figure out our journey but um, I take, I, over the course of the pandemic, I took diesel engine maintenance courses in case the engine breaks. Um, I did like 16 hour training courses of boat handling and docking. Um, my dad is a salty dog. So we'll go out on the boat and he will basically be like, hands off, you go and try to figure this all out. Um, we're also doing a really big training week before we depart on this, the 9th of June from the San Juan Islands. So everyone is going to get comfortable, um, little trial by fire, but that's kind of how you have to learn how to handle boats. It's um, the steep learning curve, but then once you get it, you really do get it. So mm -hmm. that's what our training has entailed. 
Yeah. And then a week, oh, I was going to say, just like a week before we start the trip, we're all going to be like out on the San Juans just practicing for a while. That's awesome. Yeah. Get that like in-person real world experience before you dive into the, to the real, real world experience. <laughs> Great. That's really exciting. Um, what else appeals to you guys about this trip? If, if not mentioned before, we can totally skip this one, but if there's any other aspects that, that appeal to you guys about just partaking on this trip, I'd love to know as well. I think even just going on a trip like this, especially being lucky enough to be able to do it with three of your closest friends, it's a pretty exceptional experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always known that I wanted to stay close with these folks after graduation. And it's really nice to come back together and to come back for something that's just such a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, and the hope for me at least is also that like, going on this trip and documenting it and sharing it will provide a little bit more inspiration to others to just get out there, whatever that looks like for them. You know, it might not be taking a boat up the coast of British Columbia and cuddling with someone that you used to share a house with, but not a room. Um, but I think it's, it's just incredible to do something that you're so passionate about and also to be able to share that with others. Yeah, I think too, something that really appeals to me about this trip and the more that I've kind of read and reread the curve of time is the fact that women have always existed in these outdoor spaces. This isn't a new phenomenon. They've just largely been overlooked or overshadowed. Um, and so I've, I'm really, really passionate about kind of revitalizing these narratives that like, no, yes, we do belong here. This has always been the case. Um, you just need to look a little harder and scratch a little deeper to, to find these characters who have always been there in the, in the course of history, in the course of outdoor narratives. Um, they just, they, they deserve their due right. And hopefully this documentary and, and all the photographs and media that we are shining on the book will bring to light the incredible journeys that Cappy Blanchett did. Awesome. Um, yeah, very well said. <laughs> um, I'd also love to know how your guys' relationships with the outdoors, whether that be now or growing up, has affected your passion for this trip um, or your motivations or maybe like the roles that you're taking in this trip. Um, yeah. Um, I can start. I can start this one off. Sure. I, growing up in the islands, I grew up on like a really small farm um, and have always had a community that was really connected with the land. So I personally have had a relationship that was more like dirt and touch the ground, grow your own veggies, like have some cows type of um, relationship. So I think for me, it's a way to like really learn how to do that on my own, not necessarily growing my own food and stuff, but harvesting and like fishing and finding a way to survive on our own. Um, and then just being on the ocean every day, smelling the salt water is a huge part of, I like to say who I am. Like if I'm too far away from the ocean, I kind of start to panic. Um, so as far as it goes for me, that's kind of what has really affected my passion for the boat trip. Um, but I think a big part of this trip is that we all have our own like growing up and upbringing in nature so that's mine
but everyone's is a little different. So, yeah. Well, so I could go next. <clears throat> this group interview thing is going pretty well so far. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> like taking turns over Zoom. Um, so in Ashland, I mean, I wasn't really close to the ocean and didn't have a lot of experiences there. But um, I would say the way sort of that <clears throat> Cappy writes about the world and like observes it is very similar to kind of how I was brought up um, in Ashland. If you've been here, <clears throat> it's like half retirees and like half this like very like gritty hippie community that like yeah, the grow your own veggies, make your own stuff, get everything local type, which is <clears throat> an awesome environment to grow up in. But I think going along with that culture comes with just like appreciating nature a lot and definitely going like backpacking and like <clears throat> swimming in rivers and um, yeah, rafting and just like a lot of outdoor activities that um, that like connect you with the world. Yeah, I grew up in kind of the Plains Midwest scene, uh, connected a lot with some of Annie Dillard's books when I was younger, just about going to the creek and finding whatever, because I used to go to the creek when I was a little kid and catch frogs and come home like so covered in mud that my mom would not let me into the house. Uh, fell out of being in nature for a while and then got back into it when I went to boarding school and started backpacking for the first time ever. And I remember my mom making fun of me for wanting a big enough backpack that I could fit my makeup bag, <laughs> which is just hilarious to me now because I don't think I've put on makeup in like years. Um, but it was so important because it was just, it was all about how I looked and my appearance in a space and how I was presenting myself and starting to get outside and do these crazy adventures where that wasn't even an option, really started to break down the barriers that I'd built around my own existence in a space and kind of forced me to become really comfortable with just what I can do and to emphasize being strong over being pretty or whatever you know, external appearance I might have. Um, and so kept climbing, started snowboarding and just have developed a love for both like very cold water and kind of suffering through things that I didn't think that I could do. Uh, and I think this boat trip is gonna be a part of that too because I get horrendously seasick. Uh, and so I'm gonna do what I can with like little pressure bands and see how it works. But I'm also expecting to have a little bit of a tough time, but to enjoy at least retroactively the gnarlier moments of my experience on this boat. Yes, and what we've what we've called type two fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I luckily don't get seasick, um, which is good because I will be steering. But for me, the outdoors also was largely like based around being on the water. My mom grew up in Southern California uh, and was a body surfer from a young age, and my dad. Um, has always been really interested in boating. So when I was little, like a super influential moment in my outdoor upbringing was taking a boat back from Ketchikan to Seattle for six weeks. Um, and I was eight years old and I was on the crew and it was just my family um, kind of figuring it out as we went. So for me, like this trip is also a really strong way to kind of reconnect with my family and that aspect of being on the water, being outside, connecting with the larger 
I don't know, influences of the environment. So we're all just really excited, honestly. <laughs> I'm so excited for you guys. Like, it just sounds so fantastic. Even with the hardships, like I, I totally get what you mean, Emery. Like, even, even like trips like these, or, you know, when you're just backpacking or something and you kind of have to push yourself a bit in the moment or in the moment, it might not feel as fun. But then when you do it and you're finished and like you're reflecting on it and you're like, God, I'm so glad that I like pushed myself through this and I like persevered and just to like be there and experience it no matter like the hardship just feels so good by the end of it. So yeah, I totally understand that. Uh, I was also I was also asking what the preparation for this trip has felt like. So I feel like we talked a lot about the actual physically what you've been doing, um, but I'd love to talk about the emotional aspect of it too. From whether that's like happiness or the stress of it, um, what have been the feelings, kind of leading up to the trip? I think at the least with starting to freelance, something that I've felt a lot is that it feels quite performative as a field sometimes like it's about um posting cool photos of adventures or you know you see like the the instagram account influencers in the wild like you see people creating these scenes that aren't real in order to be able to post about them and i think part of what's so exciting about this trip for me and about preparing for this trip is that it's not performative like it very much is so that we're just going to go out there and we're going to do this and we'll have all of these cool photos, but it's not about presenting it to others. It's, although that is something that we'll be doing. Um, and it's definitely not about presenting it to others to make ourselves look good. Like a lot of our media is about increasing exposure and increasing accessibility for other folks that might want to do something like this. Mm -hmm. And I think the genuine nature of this trip and also just the excitement of getting to work with close friends is, it just makes all the little sticky bits like really fun. Yeah, that was a great way to put it. Um, I think to, to speak to the emotional aspect of the trip, one, because it is, it is a, to plan a two month long voyage is not something you can do in a week or two weeks. Um, and so I definitely, um, have been sitting down and doing like a lot of planning and you kind of go through moments of like, is this really happening? Are we really doing this? Um, which is both super exciting and really feels rewarding, but I won't lie that it's also a bit intimidating. This is a, this is a big voyage. Um, and so I think it's really given me, um, a deeper respect, a res respect for risk management and, um, understanding like our capabilities and, how far we can push ourselves and how far we can't push ourselves, which is very rewarding um, to understand that about ourselves and the crew. Yeah. yeah. One, I wanted to tack onto that a little bit with like mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of outdoor, you know, activities mm -hmm. to do them, I guess, in a safe way. There's like the perceived risk and then actual risk and you like work to bring those together. So you just have an actual idea of like, what you're getting yourself into because I think that's when people tend to like get hurt or have like terrible emergencies is when their perceived risk and actual risk doesn't align and sometimes it's the other way around too like with climbing I think people's like perceived risk of rock climbing is a lot higher than the actual risk if you're doing it safely but 
it's a little bit opposite with with water sports i think people don't really understand how risky it could be yeah that's very true mm-hmm. yeah i feel like i look at water sports it's like oh you know it's you know at least you're falling into something not as hard but like you know there's still so many other risks that come come with existing in the water or being by it or yeah so it's definitely very important to think about as well mm-hmm. um and yeah on a more like final note I, um not for the end of the interview but just for when you guys kind of wrap everything up at the end um is there anything that you're you're hoping to get out of this trip um whether that be emotional again or physical um are there any goals that you that you kind of have for this trip or or things you're hoping to realize or experience um i think well yeah something i'm kind of hoping to get out of it is like getting closer with these ladies who i already <laughs> like love and i can't wait to spend more time with them um and like working on a documentary is really exciting and just like this sense of adventure and kind of break from um like normal routine um, just really being out in the boondocks. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I know for um, Emory and I, we are going into the media field, whether it be through freelance photography or for videography. So this is also kind of like a really tender way for us to like step out into that industry with women who we love to work with, um, with a bang up crew. So I think personally, like, I'm really excited to walk away having given the trip my all and, and the documentary process my all and just make something we're really, really proud of that we think Cappy Blanchett would also be proud of. Yeah. I'm sure she would be very, very proud. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Um, and I know another thing that's really, really important, uh, is very important to you guys is your environmental impact, um, environmentalism in general. Um, so I'd love to know how you guys have personally minimized your environmental impact and also how you're planning to do so on, um, during the CAPI project. Um, yeah, I right now personally, at least, um, I'm currently working for a body project company that we source all organic and natural products or each thing that we have is like five ingredients or less. So from a, like, job standpoint that's what I'm doing um but just yep there it is (laughs) um I also just like food wise try to source as locally as I can and like when I can drive when I can walk or like skateboard to work I will um but I live in Bellingham so it rains like 300 days a year pretty much (laughs) but um yeah just Staying as local as possible with all consumer goods is a big goal and like being aware of the companies that I'm buying from and their, their goals as a company and everything um, is something that I really focus on. Um, but yeah, I know that Emery has some big goals for the trip that she's been thinking about and talking about. So maybe you can speak to that more. Yeah, I think one of the funny things about coming into wanting to be more sustainable is realizing that a lot of the time there's pressure to do it in a way that's perfect and to do every single thing. And I think it's part of what is 
implicated by like the word sustainable specifically is not just like making a good choice, but also making something that can continue to work. And that's not just taking the environment into account, but also taking into account like what you can continue to sustain. Um, and so emphasizing like any change is good as opposed to saying that's not enough has been a really nice shift to make and I think has increased my ability to make more sustainable decisions more often because you're celebrating instead of criticizing. Um, and so like I don't, I try to buy as little plastic as possible. I was vegetarian for a really, really long time. Um, also try to source locally buy things only that I know that I'll use for a really long time or that I've got some way to reuse either through a friend or through repurposing in my own life. Um, and for this trip, since we are on a diesel boat, um, we're going to spend a lot of time looking into carbon offsets because I know that they can be a little, you know, some are more effective than others and some are a little bit more appearance-based as opposed to like substantially making a difference. And so we're gonna see if there are any that we can both utilize and also talk about uh, that really do make a difference and try to offset the whole trip. And then we will also be foraging. Uhana is gonna be our main forager um, as our islander. And we'll be doing that in a way where uh, minimizing impact to the landscape. Uh, she can talk a little bit more about that as well, but foraging, carbon offsets, and then just trying to minimize our waste. So also minimizing how much plastic we bring on board, only getting what we know we're going to eat, um, and then we'll probably have a cooler of some sort so that we can keep our food for longer. So if we do catch, for some reason, 50 fish in a day, which would be <laughs> sweet, we can eat it all instead of throwing it away. Yes, but I'd also love, yeah, any like, um, what is, does the foraging look like for you and, and describing that for us too? Yeah, so I'm like, Annie kind of titled me as the get your fishing license, you're going to feed us um, person on the trip, but I'm super stoked about. Uh, so as far as just like foraging and stuff goes, that was kind of an idea that I threw in because um, Tappy did a lot of foraging as far as like berries go and she like, there's a lot of um, orchards and stuff that she met people along the way and would collect apples from them and stuff. Um, but there's so many edible plants in the area that I personally have just grown up kind of knowing about. Um, and on the island, there's a lot of them that I've just, you know, collected berries as a kid to snack on walks and stuff. So I was really excited about being able to actually like use those to feed us rather than just to snack on. Um, but at the same time foraging is kind of funny because we don't want to like take more than what we need um so as far as like the foraging community as a whole goes it's kind of the understanding is take what you need and leave enough for others and then like if there isn't enough for everyone to take a little bit then there's not enough for you to have it all so we're gonna really try to like minimize how much we gather but still hopefully have a little bit of natural food that we collected with every meal um and as far as fishing and stuff goes that's it's gonna be a, a luck thing for us i think 
Um, but yeah, I grew up fishing, but not controlling the situation. It was a fishing with my dad. He sets the line and I reel it in. So, um, yeah, that's kind of just a, it's a goal of ours. We'll see how well we do. Yeah. Of course. Um, but yeah, so that's, we just wanted to connect with Cappy on that aspect and like really try to make our trip as closely aligned with hers as we can and um harvesting our own food is a huge part of the way that she fed her kids i mean the whole trip they're talking about catching fish and they're hungry so go get some berries or eat an apple so yeah that's mm -hmm. as far as we're gonna i don't know yeah we're gonna try <laughs> yeah it's a beautiful thing to try and incorporate and just like realigning yourself with with Cappy and yeah you can't can't hurt but but try and you know if you succeed then that's beautiful if you don't then you try then yeah you know <laughs> it's all a learning lesson I feel like that's really exciting too like um I feel like it's it's even more like your guys are going to learn so much more like being in being in it and like come out of it with an even better understanding of like your environmental impact which is really cool um mm -hmm. just because you're like practicing it so heavily um for in such a short amount of time so yeah that's really awesome um, it'll also be pretty important for us to respect the indigenous communities up there yeah uh, because a lot of them have either a dependence on or a connection with or however you want to phrase it these forage plants because it is like the lifestyle um and so figuring out ways to be respectful of that and also to you know still be able to forage for our own food while taking that into account is going to be pretty important yeah i love that that's really amazing um and then this is the final just like as a final note and an overall question from what we've all been talking about before um but is there any advice that you would give someone hoping to embark on a similar journey? Um, this could be, or not even a similar journey, just, you know, a journey of their own and wanting to push themselves to, to do something a little different, um, whether that be more oriented to women in this field or just people in general. Um, just, yeah, advice, maybe things you've learned or just in general. Yeah, what would you tell people who are hoping to do the similar things um, as you guys? I think some advice for everybody would just be find something that you're interested in. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be something that you've got experience in, but find something that makes you feel excited and then do the necessary research. Of course, um, try to undertake an adventure in a way that's safe um, and also respectful to the areas that you're going to be in, but then believe in yourself and stick to it. Uh, make it your own yeah to um to add on to that too i think with a task like this this large one thing that has always really stuck with me that someone said to me is just the really simple line of to begin begin um you don't have to tackle the entire trip at once you can start small by just researching a little bit a day or understanding how do i get better at this skill um because, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. This trip was not made in a week or a day. It was made over the course of several years of brewing on this idea. 
Um, and yeah, as Emery said, just have faith in yourself and take that first step and then the next one and the next one, and eventually you'll get to where you're going. I think also like, as you're forming the trip and starting to tell people about it, like there will be people that doubt you and that's just always gonna be there. And like, whether it's parents or friends or strangers that you just happen to tell, like, don't be discouraged by that one person that's like, really, can you do this? And like, just take that and then build off of your own excitement and like the stoke of the hundred people that you told that are actually excited for you and believe in you. Um, yeah, because I think we're all getting a little bit of, can you do this? And we're like, of course we can. We're going to prove to you that we can. Yeah. And I mean, I think so. a lot of those people are more worried about our safety than trying <laughs> to like, yeah, <laughs> which I mean, I appreciate, I appreciate, but yeah, just got to... <laughs> confidently say yes yes we're gonna do it <laughs> yeah 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 that's yeah I mean that's that's awesome yeah and I conf I like the 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 idea of going into it confidently too because it's like you know you can't really feed off of other people's doubts or you're gonna probably gonna go in doubting yourself and it's like you know you just gotta go in you're like this is gonna be good maybe you run into some difficulties here and there but like we'll have each other and and, you know, I can tell that you guys have all prepared so intensely for this. And it's also something you're passionate about. So, yeah, I, it's beautiful advice for me because I, this is very inspiring. I'm so excited to see your guys' journey embark. So, and I'm like, I want to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love the advice too. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, that. I think so. one last final thing that I would just like to say is don't mm -hmm. hold yourself to some Herculean standard. It doesn't matter if you're going to go bike like a hundred miles in a day. You don't have to do that. And it doesn't make your trip any more legitimate. It's fun to find something that's a little bit outside of your comfort zone just to be able to push yourself, but everybody's comfort zone is different. And so it might be taking it slow. And the more that you do this, the better you'll get at planning, the better that you'll get at uh, feeling comfortable in these kinds of situations. And also the more that you'll learn and it's just kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where once you, once you start doing these things, if it's something that you want, no matter how small you start out, you're going to be capable of anything if you stick with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, that was my last question for you guys as a final, you know, kind of fulfilling advice and a reminder to you guys too, of how capable you're going to be. Um, and yeah, I just want to thank you guys so much for, for coming to With It Girl um, and for sitting down with me and letting me hear your story and ask you guys questions and being able to learn more about Cappy and her story is, is amazing. And so I'm very, very lucky to be able to be talking with you guys and learning more and I'll, I'll be following along the whole time. So you have me as a, as a fan for sure. Um, our first fan number one. <laughs> number one never forget um, but um, no thank you so much <laughs> yeah of course mm -hmm.